Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Whenever hear the music, Colin, take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon, everyone. We welcome you into today's edition of the Sports Mix. Spencer is on vacation this week, so it'll be uh, Colin and I, and I think Dylan and Avery will kind of rotate in our third spot throughout the week. Uh, but today it's uh, Colin, me, and Dylan taking over as the show is brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. I welcome you guys in. Uh, how was your weekend, guys? It was pretty good. Not too bad. They had the Soapbox Derby on Saturday. Did a lot of the commentary there. Was there all day for that. About a 10-hour day all in total. Set up and break down. But it's a good time. Yeah, and you did a uh, great job there. It was a fun event that did have some uh, hiccups. But I think overall it was a great event for the uh, community. And congratulations to the uh, three winners in the stock, super stock, and masters divisions as well that get to now move on to Akron, Ohio for the uh, national event. Yeah, it would had to be the most chaotic day of soapbox derby action you could possibly have. Definitely in the history of the Martinsburg one, well, one going with the rain and all of the other you know timing issues, the electronic failures, and the, the crashes into the side into a tree. It was, Fortunately, that kid was okay. Yes, so he was able to just walk, make that walk it off. But really chaotic day, I'd say. Yeah, and I think the rain definitely had a lot to do with that because early on a lot of the drivers were kind of crashing into the the hay and stuff but overall i think it was a good event and i'm sure the kids had a lot of fun with that um but we got a lot to talk about in this first segment a lot of local stuff happened over the weekend it involves all three of the major sports uh we'll start with the north south football game which was played on saturday the south defeats the north 30 to 13 um but at one point, it was a close game heading into the fourth quarter. Is right. During the fourth quarter, the North had made it a 14-13 game before uh, two South touchdowns led to the victory. Now it's back-to-back wins for the South over the North. And as we mentioned before, eight Eastern Panhandle athletes were down there um, representing the North team. And Christian Slack ends up taking home uh, – North Lyman MVP. So Martinsburg's Christian Slank. Congratulations to him on that. But, uh, you know, it, it's not necessarily about the score of the game and stuff. I mean, obviously the North wants to win, but I think overall you get a good experience uh, playing in an all-star game. You know, the kids had a lot of fun. Coach Brian Thomas talked a lot about what they were doing down there in terms of events and, and just meeting new people. I think that's a lot of what this kind of game is and, Overall, it sounds like it was a pretty entertaining game. I know, Colin, you tuned into a little bit of it. Yeah, I tried to tune in here and there, and as you said, yeah, it's about having fun, but if you watched the uh, game, especially there in the first quarter with all the uh, extracurriculars that took place, uh, the kids clearly uh, care and do want to win. It was a very uh, emotional game, which probably – surprised a lot of people including myself in those uh, extracurriculars that involved uh, Martinsburg's Hudson Clement not once but uh, twice during that first quarter which eventually uh, led to uh, Hudson having to sit out the remainder of that first half but as you said it was a uh, pretty competitive game that the South led for majority of the time up 14 nothing early North came back tried to tie it up missed an extra point which is what made it 14-13 and there in that fourth quarter, the South just uh, went back to the dominance that they had in the first, were able to tack on uh, 16 more points and get that 30-13 to 13 win. Yeah, I can't say I'm too surprised that there was some extracurriculars uh, out on the field there. If you've ever played pickup basketball or of any sort of pickup sport uh, with really anyone in that sort of, you know, 15 to even 25 year old range or maybe even older, it doesn't have to, uh, the games don't have to count for emotions to get high uh when it comes to athletes like this so 
it happens it's just uh obviously tough for the north since they were on a seven game win streak seven and oh yeah. since 2015 but the south now leads the all-time series 41 24 and three i believe the south won last year though uh, what, what, what i'm seeing on I metro read, news so. right now it says it was the south's first win in the north south football classic since a seven nothing triumph in 2015 all right i'll, I'll wow. trust metro news over whatever source i had found that had said that the and south it was a five game win streak i thought at first it was seven nothing which would make sense since it was 2015 but past two years there wasn't because of covid ah, true right so well, seven nothing's a low scoring game for football it is that, yeah. that's why at first i didn't read the word triumph and i just thought seven was the win streak that was the record seven yeah. 2015 <laughs> but no that was the final score back in 2015 a defensive struggle yeah well we had some other news as well over the weekend uh jefferson boys basketball we know they had a fantastic season finishing the year 23 and one and they'll have uh, at least three players looking to play college basketball in the next couple of years uh Cam Johnson, he's going to prep school at uh, Potter's House in Jacksonville, Florida, which is a power prep school down there that produces several D1 players in the past, and he wants to go D1. He had a few D2 and D3 offers. And you look at a guy like Cam Johnson, he's going to play point guard there, six foot five, 14 points, six and a half rebounds for Jefferson on a pretty loaded team. Uh, he's going to obviously be on a really good team down there at potter's house but uh th that's an opportunity i think he has the size he has the look of a division one athlete it's just can he maybe show that he can compete against a little bit tougher competition and i think that will be a great opportunity for him to get to that goal of becoming d1 so i think that's a good decision i agree it's obviously tough especially around here to see uh or get seen is what i should have said there by division one talent we've seen a lot of eastern panhandle uh athletes that we believed were d1 capable but weren't really looked at like we thought they were going to because for some reason this area does not get the respect it uh deserves when it comes to instances like that but good luck to him uh choosing that prep school and hopefully it does pay off and then uh did you already mention the other two i didn't I mention had? the other two Deion taylor will head to johnson uh, university or college I can't remember if it's college or university but uh, it's in Kissimmee Florida so he'll be playing down there uh, near Orlando and that's a division two school down there in the uh, National Christian Athletic Association conference so uh, that's where he'll be playing and then um, Bryson Fleming will play at Mont Alto uh, which is part of the Penn State schools and they all play against each other so um you know Fleming's gonna move to guard he played forward at uh Jefferson so that will be you know a good opportunity for him I know he had interest from Allegheny College and had some football interest as well but he likes to play basketball and Taylor a really solid point guard uh for Jefferson four-year starter three-year captain and uh we'll see how he does at Johnson I'm looking forward to uh, not only seeing how their futures are, but the future of the Jefferson basketball program, which has really taken off over the uh, past few years. It Unfortunately for them, kind of ended early, or at least not where they wanted to there in that state tournament. Uh, but I, I still think that we're going to see a lot of uh, success for years to come from them. Yeah, I was a little surprised that none of them maybe ended up at Shepard. I thought yeah. maybe they would but i'm sure shepherd was in on cam johnson i don't know if they were in on Deion taylor or not but i was a little bit surprised about that because that being in their county you know right there for the, it is. the that's true recruiting your backyard but obviously taylor uh heading to florida the two of them heading to florida so uh big trips and then we had uh some excuse me we had american legion baseball action as well over the weekend the hornets uh, made it to the championship game of the WAJR Woodbat tournament, but lost in the championship for the second straight year in that. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're going to see them on Wednesday, Colin, and I guess we could make an announcement as well. We'll have uh, head coach Aaron Byler as our color analyst for American Yeah, Legion Martinsburg games. head Martinsburg coach. So coach. looking forward to uh, getting to hear his uh, radio voice and joining us <laughs> there 
at uh, Peel Faulkner for the games. So it should be a fun one. But the Hornets are looking pretty good so far this year. I believe only two losses now, unless I uh, missed one. But they got a lot of talent here from around the Eastern Panhandle, as you said, just came up short in the uh, championship game. But they were the top-seeded uh, team in that pool play, reached the championship game with an 11-8 victory over Parkersburg post-15, but fell 5-3 to Steubenville post-33. And uh, Dylan Stevens, Musselman player, has uh, been doing pretty well for the most part there pitching-wise. Uh, Camian Gonzalez, who we've known from years past high school-wise, went two for three and that uh to lead berkeley five and two cameron moore doubled in that semi-final win uh gonzalez had three hits so they have a lot of talent a lot of depth as well so i'm really looking forward to uh seeing them play and also congratulations to colin reed getting a uh, two run two run excuse me home run against the uh morgantown team yeah they definitely have a lot of talent on that squad and we'll have the game Wednesday. I believe that's a 7 p.m. first pitch. Uh, so we'll be on the air around yep. 6.40. They are now 5-2 and two is what it says here on the journal. Yeah, so a, a good start for them. And you know, they're going to be a good team. And, and seeing all those kids come together, I think, is the exciting part. See the talent of the Eastern Panhandle and what they're able to represent on one team. Don't you got anything? Or probably not. You're not as familiar with the uh, high school baseball scene yet. Haven't gotten too much into we'll that. We'll take our first yet. break. On the other side of that break, we will talk NBA Finals Game 5 between the Warriors and Celtics 2-2 series. And then we'll also get into the Stanley Cup Game 1. This is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We're back after these break. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons goal of financing for all. And Parsons famous above market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Not sure where to go or who to trust with your flooring project? And start with Trips Flooring, proudly serving the area for more than 25 years. Specializing in floor sanding and refinishing, along with installation of new flooring, including hardwood, tile, vinyl, laminate, carpet, and the hottest trend in flooring luxury vinyl, tile, and luxury vinyl plank. Are you on a budget? Check out their warehouse, cash and carry, or call 304-229-7009, or visit them online at tripsfloorsanding.com. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Conveniently located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Welcome you back to this Monday edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzley, Kyle McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop on the show today. As the show is brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com. 
Get into segment two of the show. We'll talk uh, NBA Finals. Game five tonight between the Celtics and the Warriors series. Tied at two after an unbelievable Stephen Curry 43-point performance to tie this series up at two. And the series headed back to San Francisco for game five. And it's now best of three, guys. I don't like the term unbelievable there because I feel like nothing's unbelievable with the with ankle Steph injury Curry anymore. He didn't look very injured. He, he, he did. didn't. No, no. <laughs> he, he was fine. Yeah, it looked like you know, they might have just like gave him a scare a little bit in there in uh, Game Three when Al Horford landed on his ankle, probably hurt for a little bit. But then, you know, maybe it wasn't a hundred percent. But I uh, thought to myself before the game, like if he's not at 98% health uh, going into game four, then the Warriors might be in trouble. And I think that's exactly where he was. It seemed like he was about 98, 99% health. And I don't know. I just know like in the post-game interview, he said he was hurting. So Hurt, not injured. That's the, that's the official ruling, I suppose. Yeah. I think that's – I don't feel too bad about the Celtics coming out of that game because – I think that the Warriors pretty much needed that explosion from Steph Curry to win that game. Draymond Green still not playing very well on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, I think the Celtics are playing pretty good defense on Curry. He's just making ridiculous shots. Yeah, I mean, he's going to do his thing either way. You just got to make sure that you can uh, neutralize everybody else. And as I said, I think uh, jokingly, but might be serious now in game one to you guys in our group text, as long as... uh curry doesn't get 100 points then you're fine <laughs> <laughs> they might be and I, again it's going to probably rely on the health of robert williams because i believe he sat out part of that fourth quarter yeah. because uh, his knee was acting up again so i think if they can you know get robert williams right with whatever whatever they did before game three it seemed to work because he had a great game in game three he seemed to be able to move around fine compared to some of the other games in the playoffs but he wasn't quite the same in game four and it you know affected them somewhat and again jason tatum not having great efficiency numbers shooting the ball uh jalen brown didn't quite go off in game four like he did in the first three games so i I don't feel too bad about them uh it hurts that the warriors have the home court advantage again yep warriors right now favored by four in tonight's game but hear me out if you're a betting person okay so so far this series, each game has been won by double digits. All three games. That's a good point. Also, both teams are undefeated in the playoff runs following a loss. So Boston won game one. Very true. Golden State won game two. Then Boston came back, won game three. Now Golden State's won game four. So if you're a betting person and you follow the pattern, you want to go with Boston tonight by double digits. This one, this feels like the most toss-up of a game so far to me so far. I did come into game four thinking that the Celtics would win, and I still feel like pretty good about them. I think Udoka has been making good adjustments, but I don't know the Warriors I've been making adjustments to. They started Otto Porter instead of Kevon Looney. They Steve Kerr sat Draymond towards the crunch time part of the game, was stubbing him out offense for defense. So I'm really torn on who to think wins this game it's gonna be a really good game tonight i'm still waiting for jason tatum to really have a breakout game he's been doing all right so far this series but he hasn't had that dominant performance yet kind of like what we just saw steph curry do there in game four so i'm really hoping tonight is that night for jason tatum so that boston has the advantage going back home to hopefully finish it off in six. I think the X factor still for the Warriors is Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he has played unreal basketball. Well, not unreal, but he's played really well as, as a If it wasn't player. for Curry, he'd probably be the MVP if Golden State Game, gets it. He's 16 great. rebounds yeah. from Andrew Wiggins is huge, and 17 points to go along with that. Not shooting the ball deadly, but nobody really is except for Curry in this series. So uh, I think he's been really important. I still don't think he should have been an all-star this year, but that's kind of out out the window. I think he's a really solid contributor on this team, but it almost seems like Boston is playing better overall than the Warriors are at this point, but the Warriors have Steph Curry. So it's like Mm -hmm. they always have a chance because they have the best player on the floor and the guy with the most experience out of the elite players in this game. So 
that makes you think the Warriors, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Celtics. I think, like you said, Colin, they haven't lost back-to-back games in the series. I'll go with the Celtics tonight. I still like the Warriors in the series, but obviously game five, too, typically means whoever wins game five wins the series. So maybe I should pick the Warriors because that's who I have winning it all, but I don't know. Go with the Celtics. Also, tonight. in that game four, even though it was Golden State ultimately getting the win, if you guys disagree, feel free to mention it. But I felt like even not fully, but there were glimpses that it seemed like Boston was finally figuring out how to stop Golden State in their third quarter dominance. They That's true. Did. They played much better in the third quarter. And I think they slowed down the majority of the team. It's just Steph. Like Steph couldn't be stopped. And his ability to score then opened up some other opportunities for some other guys down the stretch. But, I mean, you know, 7 of 14 from 3, 14 of 26 from the floor, 43 points, 10 rebounds was important as well. So just, you know, him putting the team on his back allowed some other guys to make some shots when they needed them to. Clay Thompson played much better down the stretch as well, which I think was important. Yeah, 18 points. Yeah, I think at some point you just got to think that Curry comes down, like kind of regresses to the mean at some point because he's just been shooting the ball lights out, especially like, again, I said the Warriors probably needed that like 40 points, you know, 30 plus points from Steph to be able to win that game. And, you know, as good as Steph Curry is, he's not going to do that every game. He's been getting, you know, 20 some a game and every game of this series and the finals he's averaging 26 points a game just overall in his career but i think even just 26 points might not be enough for the warriors to can take this series if the rest of their players uh, their role players are going to keep playing like that so i don't feel too bad about the celtics i as we as we talk i'm leaning towards picking the celtics tonight even though it's a road game i just think that the celtics are the better team and they've been able to make the adjustments after losses uh, Ime Yudoka is showing he can be a really good coach and he seems to really know what he's doing but again I think it's really a toss-up tonight but I'll go like 51 51 leaning towards the Celtics tonight I feel like if Draymond Green actually performs better if he's able to get out of whatever rut he's in it's Golden State tonight yeah, I think the but, Celtics' defense, just the way that they've been playing defense, especially with Curry on, like, the pick and roll, just they've been, been able to blow up a lot of the ways Draymond usually gets going on offense, especially with, like, his assist. Like, they, the way they've been guarding Curry on the pick and roll, it doesn't allow for that sh- pass to the short roll to Draymond for him to be able to then drive down the lane, playing basically four against three, and look for that pass. So, I mean, I... People the only disaster about. for him was really his points there in Game 4. I'm looking at the uh, box score now. He had nine rebounds, eight assists, and four steals. Yeah, he played, that's a, really, pretty good. He played a really good it defensive game. It was just game. two yeah. points this game, two points there in Game 3 as well. That has really been a disaster. It's a shot selection to me. It is. Yeah, I feel like he's taken a lot of bad shots throughout the series. One for seven, and then 0 for two from three last game. Yeah, the, yeah. the Celtics are just like sagging off of him, not guarding him out on the perimeter, which There's is no what real he likes reason to, play. to he like, Yeah, he likes to play out on the perimeter because he's a good passer. Yeah, I've said he likes it the entire series. I'm okay with him taking the threes. Yeah, so essentially misses. they've been putting Marcus Smart on him, and then Marcus Smart is essentially allowed to just roam as long as, as, long as Draymond's out on the perimeter, and he kind of plays like a free safety. And yeah. a defensive player of the year playing free safety for you is is – exactly what you want yeah that's a good point so are we all on the celtics tonight then because colin you always pick the i'm celtics. always on the celtics since it's my favorite team but well then that are means you guys hopping on too win. because if you guys are also hopping on tonight i might get nervous <laughs> so <laughs> i somebody picked golden state after seeing how they played in game three i was like okay i already thought the celtics were the better team but now it does look like they have the adjustments that they can make they have a good game plan so i think the celtics will take it tonight I picked the Celtics when I said it earlier, so I'll just stick with that. But I picked the Warriors in the series, so the Warriors kind of need to win. I'm going to go and just out there say, if Spencer's tuning in, he can say who he's picking. But I think he's going to go with Golden State because he also said on the show last week the one to win game four is going to win the series. He did say that. So doesn't make much sense, but we'll go with it. We'll see if he's (laughs) correct there. Next Uh, thing you had was Stanley Cup coming up. Yeah, I mean – 
mentioned I think it just since we haven't. At least the big thing is Tampa Bay is back in the finals, which is very impressive, and have a chance to three-peat, yeah. which would be the first time since the 80s uh, mm-hmm. a team has three-peated in the NHL. So I think, you know, Steven Stamkos, too, is continuing his legacy, and uh, I think the Lightning will, will get it done. I mean, they come back from 2-0 down to the Rangers to win that series, and then you know, this Colorado team, I know they're on a tear right now as well, but I think Tampa Bay uh, wins it again. This is definitely the toughest task that Tampa's going to have to face out of probably all three Stanley Cup runs now. Colorado has just been absolutely dominant, especially there in that last uh, Western Conference Finals where they sweep Edmonton, but they get a lot of rest now, but you never know if that actually hurts you or helps you. I, I think for the most part, it will probably help you, especially in hockey because of how tired your legs truly get, especially coming here to the uh, end of the season. But that's the reason why people say that you usually don't see back-to-back like Tampa's done, let alone three pizzas, because you don't have much off-season time to rest okay. and here we are again with Tampa Bay back in the Stanley Cup final. So if they're able to do it, good for them. It's always fun seeing history, but I have to still go with uh, Colorado just for how dominant they've been this year. And I, I don't think that Tampa Bay is going to be able to uh, get past them. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went six or seven, but I still think Colorado gets it done. Avalanche in six. Your yeah, hockey guy quick. Nope. all right well fair enough so i guess we'll take our another break when we come back we'll have uh some regional controversy i guess to talk about between a few different teams uh in the region and those teams are washington and the commanders and the baltimore Orioles. both of them in the news recently so uh show is brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, family owned and operated. They're located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg or online at Orsini's.com. Once again, this is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck, because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit, right off Route 11, is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Are you considering selling your home and don't know where to start? Then call Chris Ross and the Milestone Real Estate Group at Keller Williams. A Martinsburg High School graduate, Chris knows the local market and he's proven it as number one real estate team in West Virginia in 2019. Phone Milestone Real Estate Group at Keller Williams at 304-579-7349 or go to callchrisross.com. Let's celebrate your real estate milestone together. What do you get when the longest, hardest, widest runway in the state of West Virginia is asked to host the 250th birthday of Berkeley County? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness an afternoon of fun, music, and finish with the largest fireworks show worthy of a 250-year-old. Visit Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport on Sunday, July 3rd with gates opening at 2.50 p.m., of course. We'll have food trucks libation and something for all ages as we celebrate Berkeley 250. Go to berkeleywv250.com and click on events to get the full lineup of fun. 
Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. You got nervous there, didn't you? I did. Eh, we're clean here. <laughs> All good. I wasn't sure about that one, Kyle. I was like, did you clean this before? It, it's in the system, here? so I trusted whoever put it here. That, that's bold of you to it do is. that. But we like taking risks here at we, Talk Radio WRNR. Yeah, I, <laughs> Spencer's I guess. not here. We get a little risky. Well, Rob always says you can say uh, whatever you want on the radio at least once. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, but... Some news. We're going to add a third topic in here in this segment. Segment three of the show today is uh, a guy that we talk about, it seems like all the time on the show. Terry McLaurin is sitting out minicamp as expected, at least the first week of minicamp, uh, because, well, he wants that new contract. And I guess, do you, do you think Washington's going to get a deal done with McLaurin here before training camp? Before training camp? that That is the obviously biggest part of the question i don't know i i think they get a deal done obviously before the season but i don't know before trading camp and i still don't like it either way i mean why, why don't you have it yet so i hope that they get it done beforehand and it's frustrating that he is clearly at least from what you have right now your wide receiver number one so the fact that you're playing this game with him seems to me is going to frustrate him that even if he does get it after that, why would he want another one? Once he can get the free agency, why would he stick around? And then this matters for like other other future you know prospects for getting big contracts because other guys that might be on this team that are looking for big deals at the end of their rookie deals, they're gonna say, well, you know, w- look what you did to Terry McLaurin. Why are you gonna you're gonna do that to me too, huh? And guys that come in free agency might not want to play that game. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't just affect, you know, the future of Terry McLaurin. It might f- uh, affect the future of other players, you know, guys that Terry McLaurin might be friends with that he talks to and the word gets around. So a competent franchise would go ahead and just pay your guy and give him what he wants. But then, you know, Washington commanders not exactly don't have the, the best history of that reputation. Being competent. Exactly. They did just draft, too, a receiver in Dotson that I don't know if he's a replacement for McLaurin. I, I think the idea there is they haven't really had a reliable number two wide out, and Dotson at least could potentially be that. But we've also seen, you know, across the league, if you don't want to pay your wide receiver, uh, we saw the Titans didn't want to pay A.J. Brown, so they draft a receiver and then trade aj brown to the eagles i feel like if they don't want to get a deal done with mclaurin they would have already made a move on the trade front but yeah yeah you know who knows if there's no movement between now and the beginning of the season and you know it comes down to that it it could very well happen but uh at least on paper their wide receiver rooms in a much better situation you know with curtis samuel maybe he can get healthy uh, but still, he's more of a slot receiver than an outside receiver. So you need Terry McLaurin on this team if you want to have at least a sufficient passing game of Carson Wentz at quarterback. And I think they need to pay the guy and get the deal done. But you know, we'll kind of see how this situation unfolds. It seems to be that Terry McLaurin is not moving in terms of he's not going to show up until he has that contract. We're a month away from preseason, two months away from the regular season so it's coming around and i'm looking here and obviously we all know they just got carson wentz new quarterback for washington and terry mclaurin who's your wide receiver number one has not even trained with him yet right you're a month away that is an issue you need to get him on the field if you want that connection which clearly you want if you have both of them on the team right now I'm reading right here. It says Washington and Hope McLaurin would attend given his role with the team leading wise, even though he wasn't going to work out. The commanders also want him to develop a relationship. 
you can't build that relationship if you're not going to pay the guy whose base salary right now is just under 2.8 million this season and since he's not going to be there he's going to get fined just over $93,000 yeah I think if if he's there by training camp that relationship should be fine between Wentz and McLaurin uh and even if he's not, I mean, I don't know how long it takes for a receiver and quarterback to get on the same page. I mean, these guys are professional athletes. Uh, I presume it, it's not a huge deal. And Taylor Corn's worked with numerous wide, or numerous quarterbacks throughout his career in one season. So, yeah, I think they'll adjust. But you definitely do want one of your leaders there. But, again, he wants to be paid. So, until that happens, I don't expect him to show up. No. Pay the man. I agree. And a guy that isn't getting paid yet, but has shown up to training camp, quarterback Lamar Jackson, or to minicamp, I should say, uh, which then means he'll probably be at training camp as well, is Lamar Jackson has shown up to Ravens minicamp. So what we expected, Dylan, and he's there. Yeah, I think that there was some talk, uh, you know, some speculation that, oh, him not coming to the voluntary, you know, OTAs was an issue because and that he it related to him having not gotten his long-term contract yet but i think what we said was you know, lamar's in the offseason he you know doesn't have an agent to negotiate deals for him and in the offseason he likes to just stay down in florida where he's you know that's his kind of his home state I and mean, he still lives down there he likes to work out with guys down there he likes to work out with his own people he likes to stay down there and I think it wasn't really ever a question that he was going to show up. It's just people have been speculating, put you know, plugging in their own ideas into the gaps to think why this wasn't happening. But he's there now, so there you go. I do think that the other concern with the um, Lamar situation was that he didn't come out and say something. True. Now, he doesn't necessarily have to do that, but you know he had tweeted – after the Ravens draft Lindenbaum and trade Hollywood Brown, you know, WTF. And it's like, or something like that. It was something like that. And it's like, that brings a negative uh, perception that he doesn't want to be in Baltimore. And he never really said flat out that he wants to be there, but he did also, I think tweet like a few weeks into OTAs, the Ravens sent out a video of like Bateman making catches. And he had, tweeted like can't wait to be with my guys or something like that so he mm-hmm. did he did do that but he didn't like make a public statement like i want to be in baltimore but does he have to say that i don't know maybe that's more just for the media and that's also not really lamar jackson's style so i think that did add a little bit to the controversy like why was he acting up on twitter if he knew about this situation but at this point that's all kind of behind the ravens i think lamar jackson wants to win a super bowl there was also like John Hardball had said, like, I'll leave it to Lamar to speak on it. So maybe we'll hear something in the next few days. But, yep. uh, you know, I think all that's kind of water under the bridge at this point. And the Ravens are just going to try to do what they can this year to win. And like I said in the past, they can still franchise Lamar Jackson two more times before they have to uh, agree to a new contract. Yeah, or I lose mean, him. Yep. So. I mean, as all the inside word says that as soon as Lamar is ready to come to the negotiation table, that the Ravens are willing to give him a big time deal. It's just that Lamar has been focused on getting his workouts in and hasn't been worried about the negotiating and has no one to do it for him. So I guess he'll get to it when he gets to it. Unless he, he really, good. unless he really is just holding in his resentment and that how much he doesn't want to be there and just is trying to keep it on the low. I mean, I don't think that's the case, so yeah, maybe things will change. And there's a video of him. I mean, he looks, he looks in shape, and he was working out and on Instagram. You guys are the Ravens fans, so I'll pose this question to you. Are you guys worried because uh, I feel like the Ravens are almost in a similar situation to what I just addressed with uh, McLaurin and Wentz not getting maybe enough time to become on the same page? Do you think uh, Lamar will have enough time to get on the same page with his Receivers, I'm looking here, and none of the 12 receivers on the roster are older than 25, so it's one of the youngest groups in the NFL that have uh, half of them have only played like two seasons in the league. So do you feel like the chemistry between Lamar and all 12 of those receivers or whoever's going to be in the starting rotation for Baltimore will have enough time to get a uh, chemistry so that 
Well, the Ravens really didn't bring anybody new in. Yeah. So a lot of those guys are returning players, uh, at least guys that will see the field this year, presuming there's not major injuries. Uh, I mean, Rashad Bateman's going to have to take over as the number one. Obviously, he had his injuries last year, so I think him and Lamar still need to build that chemistry, but they have, you know, all of practice and training camp and mini camp to do that. So not super worried about it. I mean, the Ravens don't use their wide receivers a ton anyway, which is part of the reason why Hollywood Brown was frustrated there, even though he had over 100 catches this past season. So I think he got plenty of targets, in my opinion. But or did he, he didn't have over 100 catches, but he had over 100 targets, I believe, and 90 catches, I think it was. Yeah, something in he, that. He had a big year. He had over 1,000 yards, I should say. Yeah, just wasn't enough for him. And uh, I think it seemed like Lamar hasn't been too upset about that, but unless, again, he might just be holding it in. But I think he'll be a, a fine. Like, those guys have been on the roster, like like Nick said. They didn't really bring anyone new. Rashad Bateman's just coming in his second year. Devin DuVernay into year, year three, three, I yeah. believe. Perche in year three, I believe. Yeah, it'll be more of a situation where these guys are taking on bigger roles than they have had. So that'll be more of the question. But again, they're not going to you know, be using two and three plus wide receiver sets that often with all their tight ends and running backs anyway. So we'll see how it goes. We'll keep, a, keep an eye on it. And we have an update on a, another Baltimore team, and that is John Angelos has announced that the Orioles will never leave Baltimore after, I guess it was Thursday or Friday, the speculation. Thursday, it looks like. Uh, started with the lawsuit between him and his brother and his mother involved as well. Uh, that pretty much, I, I believe John was the one that was being I was about sued. to say, clarification, uh, at least what I see, it says Thursday, Los Angeles filed a lawsuit alleging his brother John was trying to seize control of the team and would relocate the franchise to Nashville, Tennessee, where the CEO lives with his wife, Margaret Valentine, a singer-songwriter who owns a Nashville-based entertainment company. So John clearly coming out here saying that basically as long as... Uh, Fort McHenry standing watch over the inner harbor of Baltimore. The team's never leaving. Right. And, you know, I, I really thought about this a little bit over the weekend and why it doesn't make any sense for the Orioles to leave Baltimore. First of all, the stadium that they play in is, you know, a top tier stadium in Major League Baseball. So typically when a team leaves, it's like we said the other day, it's due to stadiums. And I know I made the joke about Washington leaving, but it's like, that's when you see a team leave is because they don't have a a stadium that they believe is up to par and the state or city that they live in isn't willing to pay for a new one. And the state of Maryland has already supported Camden Yards because they own it. Bring up $1.2 billion into reinvesting and re-imaging the Camden Yards sports complex, which obviously, obviously, excuse me, includes Oriole Park. So... Yeah. Why Maryland, would you leave if you're about to get $1.2 billion? Yeah, the state just gave them $600 million for mm-hmm. renovations. So it didn't. Make they're not leaving sense. Baltimore. For yeah. that reason alone, it's not profitable for them to go to Nashville because Nashville's not probably going to give them that kind of money. They already have an established fan base in Baltimore. And I think in terms of you look at attendance numbers, and yeah, they've dropped. But in 2014, the Orioles were 13th in attendance, and that was the last year that they won the division. So I think the team is also on the trend up, and I think a lot of their attendance issues do have to do with the Nationals coming into relevance and becoming an elite team in the area. But they're going to lose But they're that. going to drop so down as well, and it looks like the Orioles are on the up exactly. trend. Because, you know, I was looking... Welcome back to the bandwagon, Washington. ...to attendance before the Nats came into existence, and the Orioles were consistently in the top 10 in, in Major League Baseball. So it, I do think that has to do with some of their attendance issues. But overall, this team's not leaving Baltimore. The Angelos is grew up there like he said in that statement their parents are from there they're not leaving this could be a situation where it's true that john angelos is trying to get more control over the team when it's supposed to be a 50 50 split with him and his brother and his brother could just be bringing up that he's based in nashville and so is his wife as another claim to be like hey look at him he's not going he's not doing what our father wanted to and keep the team in baltimore with both of us running at 50 50 he's going to try to take control and maybe he's going to move the team to nashville so he's trying to maybe just use that to add to his case yeah unless john angelos is just you know uh not telling the truth and he just wants uh, to tell people what they want to hear 
and maybe he does want to move him to Nashville. Who knows? And Baltimore fans are concerned because they know that the Colts left. But yeah. you know, Major League Baseball has to approve the move as well. And why would Major League Baseball approve one of their best stadiums being no longer in use? I mean, that doesn't right. make any sense to me. So I, I can't see that happening, and I don't think it will happen. I don't either. And nope. I don't think there's a good reason for it to happen. So that's kind of my opinion on it. We'll take our uh, final break here on the program. And the show, this segment of the show is brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. And if you don't like it, they'll take it back. HagerstownFord.com. On the other side of this break, we'll talk uh, more about the O's in terms of what they're doing on the field and also uh, the Nationals series this past weekend and what they got coming up. In the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. After a two-year COVID break, Valley Guns 2 is having their seventh annual sidewalk sale on July 2nd. Browse 108 feet of sale and clearance items, such as Smith & Wesson handguns like the MP2.040 caliber full-size semi-auto and the MP2.0 compact or the Model 60 Pro Series and 442 revolver. It's the seventh annual sidewalk sale at Valley Guns 2, exit 5 off I-81 in Wood, West Virginia. Find out more at valleyguns2.com. Advanced technology, compassionate care. That's what you get with WB Medicine General Surgery. Our expert team of board-certified surgeons at WB Medicine Berkeley Medical Center and Jefferson Medical Center combines state-of-the-art technology with patient-centered medical care. With three convenient locations, WB Medicine General Surgery offers a variety of robotic and laparoscopic surgery options featuring revolutionary treatments resulting in better surgical outcomes and quicker recoveries. For appointments, call 304-596-2150. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. We welcome you back to this Monday edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Kyle McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop here. This afternoon, as we uh, wrap up the show, we'll talk more baseball. We'll talk about the Nats first, since we do uh, broadcast their games. They wrapped up a uh, three-game series. The Brewers yesterday losing four to one, but uh, Washington was able to take two of three from Milwaukee. So a good series for the Nationals, and they welcome the champs to town. Uh, beginning tonight at 7 on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 is first pitch. Yeah, tough series uh, having to go up against the Braves now, who I'm pretty sure are the hottest team in baseball right now, right? 10-game win streak, 11-game win streak, I think. Hold on. Let me uh, double-check that because I think uh, the Phillies win streak just ended, so I'm pretty sure it would be the uh, Braves now that have it or if they already had it before that. But hopefully Washington can... Uh, at least take one of the games there they've really been struggling so far this season they're on an 11 game win streak so which is the best in it's going to be tough yeah like you said Colin, best in major league baseball win streak wise 11 games in a row uh for atlanta a team that kind of got off to a slow start but is now right back in that nl east race i mean the mets are on a tear right now but they are five and a half back 
Uh, Washington sits at 17 back, but again, there were some positives. I mean, they were able to take two or three from Milwaukee, who's a solid team in the NL Central, is a half game back of the Cardinals right now at 34 and 28. So there is some momentum there, but overall, uh, you know, Washington is a team that's rebuilding. They'll have Josiah Gray, though, on the mound tonight, so that will give them a chance, one of their best pitchers going up against Ian Anderson for the Braves in game two. Uh, Steven Strasburg returns home, so that will should at least be a, a big game for the fans and we'll see if he can pitch a little bit better in game two but hopefully yeah washington but i mean when you gotta go up against atlanta and then philadelphia who is even though they just lost yesterday probably the second hottest team in baseball because they were on i believe a nine game win streak before that and it's a five game series there it's going to be tough and yeah, definitely will be tough uh for washington on the Orioles side of things, Baltimore finally plays the Blue Jays this season. I almost said the Raptors, but they finally play the Blue Jays this season. <laughs> Orioles-Raptors will be pretty interesting. <laughs> I like our chances more. Uh, Kyle Bradish will pitch <laughs> for true. Baltimore. Alex Manoa takes the mound Ooh, uh, former for the Blue Jays. Ooh. Yeah, part of the uh, Adley Rutschman draft class as well. Yeah. So... Uh, Four-game series in Toronto for the O's, but that does it for this edition of the Sports Mix for Colin Dillon. I'm Nick Verzellini. Again, Still got we'll about be... 45 seconds, so well, any final well, I mean, thoughts? Any final thoughts for you, Colin? Uh, Boston tonight. I said it. If you want to follow the uh, pattern, you got to go Boston with the win and put it at 9.5 so that you can get that 10 right there. All right, Dylan, what about you? Go O's, go ears. All right, fair enough. So... Now it does it for the sports mix, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. To 106.5 FM and 7:40 AM, Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg, Shepherdstown, Charlestown. CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Fabric Life Insurance.